Live around the globe, it's time for Rudy Max's World on the SSI Radio Network. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the deserts, bear, man. I breathe the mountain air, man. I travel, I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. Get on the phone now and call 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. Email the program at info at rudymaxa.com or follow us on Facebook at Rudy Max's World. And now, America's number one travel radio show, Rudy Max's World. Welcome aboard. And whether you're listening on one of our many network radio affiliates, now well over 200 strong, or via our 24-7 tune-in channel, thanks for being part of another hour of Rudy Max's World with Robert and Mary Carey. Coming up this hour, we'll be taking you out on the active tarmac of JFK International to experience up close all the moving parts of airline ground operations. We'll also go beneath the airport itself with the workers who are responsible for baggage handling, cargo, and so much more. Plus, Mary will share a product test she and her team have conducted on the popular selfie sticks, and we'll also have a few deals of the week. But before we get into all of that, let me ask you, would you be up for flying into an ice airport, you heard me right, ice airport, and landing with no brakes, where the runway, plane parking areas, and all the operations are happening on about 12 to 18 inches of ice on frozen Lake Winnipesaukee in New Hampshire? I'm not sure if this is the ultimate social event for a pilot or a fun competitive adventure. Maybe it's both. Normally, this is the part of the show where we share travel news. If you were listening to our news segment last hour, we didn't share this story because we asked our team to reach out and try and get the airport manager on the line. Joining us is Paul LaRochelle from Alton Bay Ice Airport and Runway on Lake Winnipesaukee to share more about his unique winter destination for pilots and flyers. Paul, thank you very much for joining us today on Rudy Max's World. Well, thank you for having me. Last weekend, I was flipping through the newspaper came across an article that I found just to be, it just fascinated me. Mary and I love to travel. We love new adventures. And when I saw that there was an airport, if we're going to call it, uh, on a lake, I just continued to go on and on and read the article. I thought it was fascinating. So do me a favor. uh, Share with our audience Lake Winnipesaukee. Tell us about it. How did it start? What is it? Where has it come about? And what makes you so unique and different than any place else in the lower 48 United States? Well, what makes it unique is uh, this is one of the only ice runways that is registered by the FAA uh, airstrip to land on the ice in the lower 48 states. There are some up in Alaska, so that makes it unique in itself. The, the other thing is this is also a seaplane base, and that's how it began uh, back in the 60s, that seaplanes would come and go and land on Lake Winnipesaukee in Alton Bay. And by 1979 or thereabouts, uh, is, there was a local person who was a pilot that decided to try and make it into an ice runway by winter and got volunteers to help him plow a runway out on the ice. And they were starting to land and come back and forth and land on the ice with their planes. So we are local people that live in Alton Bay. We are non-pilots, but we live here in the Bay, and we want to keep the tradition going. It's just fascinating. So you're, you're managing it yourself. You've continued to prove upon things. Paul, are you doing this on a volunteer basis, you and your crew? Yes. 
Yes, there's, there are five of us all okay. together that started this. Basically, it was two of us that decided to pick up the ball and keep going with it that live here in town, right. and the rest followed afterwards, and we are all local residents. We we live it here in town. So what what goes into maintaining an ice runway? An ice runway, exactly. I mean, you said the word plowing the <laughs> runway before. What kind of maintenance goes into uh, ensuring that it's safe and, and planes can land on it? Well, what happens is we've got the approval by the uh, Department of Transportation Aviation Department in Concord, uh, New Hampshire, and they give us the equipment that we need to mark the runway, to put a wind uh, directional uh, indicator on the lake. But what we do is basically I go out on the runway. When we get about three to four inches of ice, I walk out and I start doing test holes and drill holes to determine the thickness of the ice. Once we receive about 12 to 13 inches of ice throughout the bay where the runway is going to be lengthwise and width, once we get 12 inches, that allows us to be able to come out with our trucks and our vehicles to plow and actually create What time of year is that? What, what time of year does that happen? Usually right around the first week of January. And then when do, when do you have to shut everything down and the airport has to close? Basically, we would shut down towards the mid to later part of March. All right, so that's coming okay. up. Uh, how that many is planes, coming up, yes. How many planes are you landing on there uh, on average on a given weekend? On a given weekend, we normally would have 25 to 40 planes on a, on a single day. You had a lot more last weekend, right? Last weekend was phenomenal. We had a perfect conditions, no wind, sunny, uh, clear skies, and temperatures around 30 degrees to 32 degrees with perfect conditions. We had over 100 planes come in in an eight-hour period. And are these pilots um, landing planes? I mean, are they doing this for, for sport, for fun, for bragging rights? Oh, yeah, for yeah. all of the above. Yeah. Well, I, I think I anytime think you could say, hey, hey, you think I can land in the sea? Well, I'll tell you what, I can land I can on land ice. On that, that's impressive. Right. Uh, no right. And it, it's the uniqueness of coming from the city or from any direction. I'm ready to take a, <laughs> take a flight in there, actually. So uh, last thing, when the planes land, just so I understand this, are you parking them on the ice? Uh, what, where, what goes on? Once people land, they decide to go into the town and enjoy the area and so forth. Where's the plane go? Well, what happens is they come in and they announce themselves, and I, I have to make note that they govern themselves. There is no traffic control here. This is just an ice <laughs> runway, and we prepare the runway. So they govern themselves and communicate back and forth through Unicom Radio, right. which I also have one supplied by the... DOT. So you know what's uh, going on. And but we okay. can, I can be in contact with them. They they land. They come into the ramp parking area. We help them park so that they don't get all jammed up. And then they can walk off the ice. They go up into. We have several restaurants. They go to the restaurants. They have their breakfast, their lunch, and meet the local people. Lake Winnipesaukee uh, is about the middle of New Hampshire, is it not? Uh, it's pretty close. We're on the uh, basically on the eastern side towards the middle of, of New Hampshire, yes. Well, Paula Rochelle, I, I just, again, I found it fascinating. Mary and I both did. I said we had to have you on. I'm glad Janet was able to coordinate this for us. Really appreciate that. If anyone wants to find out more, I mean, certainly you can go online and Google it, and you'll find uh, the articles, I'm sure. But yes. uh, do you have a Facebook page or anything people can yes, follow? Yes, we also are on Facebook. We started it this year. What is it? Give, give us go the Go into Alton Bay Seaplane Base and Ice Runway, and it'll pop right up. All right, okay. we'll, we'll make sure we put Great. that on the Rudy Maxa page as well. Paul, thank you very much. Best wishes to you. No problem, uh, and it was a pleasure.
I have to tell you, I'm sitting here looking at some of these photos on the computer of Lake Winnipesaukee, and I mean, we're talking about a 3,000-foot airstrip where people are coming in, landing these planes, parking them on the ice. I would certainly hope that Paul and his team are testing that ice, and uh, they don't lose a truck or a plane sometime, but all right. Well, up next... From the ice runway of Lake Winnipesaukee to one of the busiest airports in America, we're headed to JFK International as we go behind the scenes to experience JetBlue's ground and baggage handling operations. I'll tell you, if you've ever wondered who or what it takes to make our flights successful when we're traveling, well, don't go anywhere because in three minutes, we'll get some of those answers. Connect with America's number one travel radio show by calling 800-387-8025 or follow the program at RudyMaxa.com. We'll be right back. Data knows you love posting selfies. Others might see a reflective surface, but you see an opportunity. Like right now, you just caught a glimpse of yourself and you like what you see, and you're thinking everyone else would probably like it too. Go ahead, you've got more data and you're paying less with Boost Mobile. For only $35 a month, you can take your selfie game to the next level. Parked car window, click, selfie. Person wearing sunglasses, click, selfie. Anything shiny, don't mind if you do. You, my friend, have no selfie control. And data's okay with that. Come to data. Now get unlimited talk, text, and two and a half gigabytes of high-speed data for $35 a month after you sign up on Auto Reboost, only from Boost Mobile. Enrollment in Auto Reboost required at activation. Removal of Auto Reboost increases plan costs to $45 a month. Video streaming limited to 3G speeds. After applicable data allotment reached, data speeds reduced to 2G speeds for remainder of plan cycle. State and local sale taxes may Apply. Restrictions apply. If you or someone you know is addicted to drugs or alcohol, please write down this number. 1-800-426-6186. That's 1-800-426-6186. By calling Aid in Recovery for help with drug and alcohol addiction, you can turn your life around. Our advisors are ready to match you with a proven treatment center that will end your drug or alcohol addiction once and for all. Your future is a bright place. Don't waste any more time making friends and family worry about you. When you call right now, you'll speak to an expert advisor who understands what you're going through. We we can help you break your addiction to drugs and alcohol before it's too late. This call is completely confidential, and if you have private insurance, there'll be little to no cost to you. Take control of your life now. Make the one call count. 1-800-426-6186. That's 1-800-426-6186. Connect with the program, call 800 387 8025. That's 800 387 8025. Or visit the show online at rudymaxa.com. Welcome back to Rudy Maxa's World. It's 18 past the hour here in Rudy Maxa's World with Robert and Mary Carey, and we're on location at Kennedy International Airport. Actually, Mary and I are on the active ramp to share firsthand all the moving parts of airport ground operations. Special thanks to JetBlue Airways and their team for granting us this access and providing the Rudy Maxa's World audience an exclusive look at their ground and baggage operations. You know, if you think about it, for many of us, we just show up at the airport, check in, go through security, maybe visit an airport lounge or grab a quick 
bite to eat, board our flight, and if the stars are all aligned correctly, we end up at our intended destination on time and ready to go. But who and what make our flight a success? Once our plane lands from a previous trip, there's an array of items that must occur for our flight to be a success. Things like ensuring the gate is clear for our aircraft, the arrival team unloading the plane, the cleaning team, the catering team, refueling and maintenance folks, baggage and freight loading, to the new crew, required inspections, and more. Joining us is JetBlue's Anthony LaCastro, the general manager at JFK for ground operations, and Ozzie David, manager of ground system operations. Guys, thanks for joining us on Rudy Max's World today and allowing us this exclusive access into your operations. JFK is one of the busiest airports in the world. How many flights are you and your team having to manage from touchdown to takeoff on a given day? Well, on any given day, we have anywhere from, on the low side, 140 flights to upwards of 171 flights per day. Uh, and that's in our peak season. Uh, so it's pretty much, you know, it, it's, that's a daily uh, grind that we have to deal with. And we're talking about, these are inbound and outbound flights, so uh, primarily turns meaning the aircraft comes in, uh, we service the aircraft, we put on the bags of the aircraft, we lock it up, we get it ready for pushback, and then the, that aircraft now pushes out and takes off, and uh, this is all day long. So, Asi, uh, let, let me ask you the question. Take us briefly through each step from the moment an inbound plane lands until it's ready for wheels up. How many different operations must occur, and how many people are we talking about? All right, well, I'll take you through two of them, uh, the okay. cleaning of the aircraft and the catering of the aircraft. I can aircraft. see one is getting ready to take off right here <laughs> yeah, behind definitely. us. definitely, so that's what is leaving now. But I'll let Pat take you to the rest of the operation that take place. So what, once the aircraft comes in and the, the customers are off the aircraft, then the cleaning team gets on the aircraft to clean that aircraft. And we're talking about from two to six people um, depending on the aircraft type. So the smaller aircraft, the E-190, that'll have two people. And the larger aircraft, for example, the Mint aircraft, it has six or seven people on there. And they'll get on vacuum, labs, cleaning the seats, and getting the aircraft ready for the flight out. And they pretty much have just a couple of minutes to do that. So it ranges from five to 10 minutes to get that aircraft prepped and ready to get out of here um, for the next flight. And then on the catering side of so it- So just five to 10 minutes? That, that is it, that is it. Wow. I mean, the turn time is so uh, short that each group only has a little bit amount of time to get things done. And depending on what is happening on that aircraft, for example, if there's gum in the seat or something like that, biohazard, then you know it will take more time, we'll eat into uh, more time, but generally speaking, we're talking about five to 10 minutes to get the aircraft clean and out. And then on the catering side, uh, similarly, they have more time. So once the aircraft gets in, the caterers get on, and we're talking about two individuals now, business partners, they get on the aircraft and they'll remove all the snacks and the beverages, etc., that came in, all the ice, that kind of stuff. And then they'll put on fresh stuff for the outbound flight. And depending on where that aircraft is going, for example, if it's going to an LAX or a San Francisco, these are mint flights, they'll also board food uh, for the uh, customers. Right, right. So, yeah. what, what operation do you plan the most time for? Um, probably the catering. For me, probably the catering uh, because there's so much involved with it. And it starts pretty much from the day before. So in terms of preparation of the food, that's a 24-hour process. So you have to start cooking the food and making the food 24 hours prior. So it starts the day before, really. And then it just continues until the aircraft pushes away. And it can even go further, for example, you know, if you have an aircraft that returns to the gate uh, for some reason, 
that we have to go on and put on dry ice, keep the food fresh and that kind of stuff. So uh, catering definitely takes uh, more time in terms of the preparation. Okay, Anthony, you have several types of aircraft to manage here. Are there certain ground operation teams that are assigned to certain types of aircraft or can everyone work on any aircraft that comes in or goes out? Well, you're right. We do have uh, several types of aircraft. We have an uh, Embraer 190 that we, it's a 100 seat aircraft. And we also have an A320, which is a 150-seat aircraft, up to our A321, uh, which is much larger aircraft, 190 seats. So any one of our crew members is able to take care of these uh, processes for each one of these flights. We also do have a, an um, A330 that we do service, and that is a more specialized crew that will uh, be loading the aircraft. Uh, and this is because they utilize cans and dollies and loaders, whereas opposed to these uh, 190s and the 320s, it's more of a traditional method. It's just bags and bag carts. Uh, but for the most part, yes, every one of our crew members can um, work any one of these flights. Do you have backup crew ready to go if somebody is out sick? We are sufficiently staffed. Uh, and this is one of the things that our managers look at uh, first thing when they get in. They'll look at their rosters, how many people they do have. Uh, so yes, we're always uh, sufficiently staffed. So there's generally a lot of chatter about cleanliness of planes, the intervals between the deep cleaning when a plane is taken out of service versus the once-overs that occur between flights. What is your typical turnaround focus on? Yeah, the, the turn clean, that, that is uh, more so, that is definitely not a deep clean. The deep clean happens on the overnight process and then on a 30-day interval. Right. So on the overnight process, the Ron aircraft, the aircraft that remains overnight, uh, the team will get on and they'll spend a couple of hours uh, cleaning that aircraft thoroughly. So, they'll, you know, during the turn process, they're not doing things like window shades and stuff like that. On the overnight process, you can get more in-depth with the cleaning, spend more time with it, do the window shades, the, the, the tray tables, the seat backs, the vacuum, the labs. On the turn process, it's shorter. Like I said before, you only have five to ten minutes. Uh, so they... Um, they try to get as much done as so, possible. So, you know, we all fly a lot. When, you know, you're getting off a plane, you see the clean team coming on as we're deplaning. Tell us, when people leave things behind, whether it's the smartphone, whether it's a computer, whether it's a kid's favorite toy or something, what's the process that you go through to try and reunite the lost item with the passenger? Well, we definitely try to get it to the customer as soon as we can. So, once you, one, you'll notice with the JetBlue flights, so when the flight comes in, uh, the crew members and the non-rev uh, customers that are on board the aircraft, they'll start cleaning the aircraft as customers are deplaning. So if something is found, they'll take it to the front and they'll give it to an AO crew member or they'll give it to the captain or one, you know someone up front who will then, if the customer is there, give it to the customer. If not, the customer more than likely will report the item uh, missing in the terminal somewhere and we'll try to get it to them. We also have a loss and found where we can take the item to loss of file and still try to reach out to the customer and try to get it to that customer. Especially if we know which seat it came from, we know who was sitting in that seat, we can try to get that stuff back. So what are some things that we can do, that passengers and flyers can do to help you guys? What are some things that you'd like to see passengers doing a little bit more of to help you out? Oh boy, I have a long list. A long list? I'll, There's I'll only I'll about <laughs> a million and a half people listening. Come on. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> on record of saying all our customers are great and they uh, always do They all are. They all are. <laughs> but uh, seriously, um, you know, one of the things that will really help us turn the aircraft quicker is when the uh, in-flight crew members are coming down the aisle asking for the trash, you know, give them everything that you need, um, that you need to toss out. Uh, don't try not to leave too many things in the seat back pocket. That only drives time. So definitely give them as much as you can. And then once you're uh, leaving the aircraft, everyone will get off. Uh, no need to rush. 
<laughs> so take your time, you know, trying to get off the plane. We've seen some instances where people are trying to rush and get off the aircraft. From my perspective, that's what I'll say. I don't know if you have any. All about right. That. During crew changes, when the pilot or the co-pilot does the exterior inspection of the airplane, is there a member of your crew that walks with the pilot? We also have uh, uh, an inspection of the outside of the aircraft for security purposes. However, as you saw, the captain did come down. He did yes. his walk around. Yeah, we saw. Made sure he did a visual inspection, and we were held to that standard. So we do one upstairs on board the aircraft. We do one downstairs as well. When you're refueling, and I realize obviously the different planes are going to take different amounts of fuel. How much of a reserve are you putting on these planes? Does it, is it based on the destination or is it based on the type of plane? It's certainly uh, all, all of those things. It's okay. the route, uh, the destination, um, weather conditions, type of aircraft, weather conditions, uh, what it looks like to, at the airport that day. So there's a lot of things that go into it, actually. Last question for us, because I know we're coming to the end of the segment. Has the DOT rule 19909 that penalizes carriers for tarmac delays of more than three hours impacted your operations and how you turn planes around? Uh, it certainly has. Uh, we have a rule, an internal rule, where if an aircraft's out there for two hours, we're already looking to bring it back. Uh, we don't want to go to the three-hour rule. I think it's uh, something that inconveniences our customers as, as well as our crew. So it's something that we, we've held dear prior to that rule being into effect. Uh, but it just, it just does make you look at it from a different perspective, uh, make sure that you're doing everything in your, uh, your ability to get that aircraft out safely and in a timely manner. Ozzy, Anthony, thanks very much. I know, Anthony, you'll be sticking around for the next segment coming up on baggage handling that we have. When we come back, we're going to head inside, which will be, that's just going to be nice. We'll share where luggage goes after check-in, how it makes connecting flights, what additional security it receives, and what's the best way to locate your bags if they don't arrive when you do. Mary and I return in three minutes. Join Rudy Max's world by calling 800-387-8025. Access the show anytime at RudyMaxa.com. We're coming right back. Rod Delano, Attorney Houston. Here's important information for those with vaginal or bladder mesh implants. The clock is ticking. Millions of dollars in settlements have already been distributed to thousands of victims. Have you received your settlement offer yet? Time is running out. So if your vaginal or bladder mesh implant has ruined your health and well-being and you don't know where to turn, call our knowledgeable and understanding team now to find out if you qualify for a settlement from the billions available. Call 800-588-3000. That's 800-588-3000. If you've got aches, pains, and soreness, it could be chronic inflammation. Listen to what Dave has to say about relief factor. I was in a sawmill accident and suffered with pain and discomfort for 60 years. I heard about relief factor and decided to order it. And in four days, I was walking without a limp and without pain. I am thrilled. For more information about Relief Factor and the two-week quick start for just $19.95, go to relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. Phone lines are always open at 800-387-8025. And stay connected with the program at RudyMaxa.com. Now, back to Rudy Maxa's World. It is 33 past the hour. Robert and Mary Carey here, and this is Rudy Maxa's World, on location at JFK International Airport. During the last segment, we looked at ground operations out on the ramp. 
Now we turn to another area of air travel, also critical to ensuring a successful trip, baggage handling. We're joined again by JetBlue Airways' Anthony LoCastro, who's general manager at JFK for ground operations. And we're also here now with Patrick Burke, duty manager of operations for JetBlue. Patrick, as travelers, we arrive at the airport, we check in our luggage, it's weighed, it's labeled, and put on a moving belt or taken by an employee. Tell us what happens next. Sure, so what happens, uh, the baggage is, uh, each uh, bag is given a uh, barcoded tag. Uh, that tag indicates in the system where that bag is to uh, be directed to. So as you can see in front of us, we have a carousel, carousel one. So for example, a Boston flight might be directed to this carousel, and that is read by the system uh, with the barcode, and that generates that bag on this carousel. Uh, as soon as it comes on the carousel, uh, JetBlue crew member is responsible for taking that bag off the belt and placing it in a cart, which will be transported to the, uh, the flight. Okay, and I know when we were outside, we were talking a little bit about uh, connecting flights. How do you prioritize bags for connecting flights? For uh, connecting flights, uh, uh, most of our, our, our bags, when they come in from a, uh, from a, a flight, uh, they have the JFK bags, and they also have bags that go for connecting flights, as you said. We have personnel that are responsible for transferring those bags to those flights. So we have what we call hot connections. Those would be flights that are leaving within a certain amount of time. They connect those directly to the tail, tail-to-tail -tail transfers. The ones that are leaving later are transported to the carousel, the assigned carousel for that flight that's leaving, departing later on. On average, how many pieces of luggage are being touched by your baggage handling team on a typical day? A lot. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. I, I mean, I wish I could give you a number right now. However, we, we do go through a lot of baggage on a daily basis, as you can imagine, uh, with upwards at our peak of 171 flights. If you think anywhere between, anywhere from 100 bags to 250 bags on those flights. So uh, multiply that by 170 and you, you got a lot of bags. There's a lot. We don't want to be here for Thanksgiving or around the holidays because then it's two or three times that. It's our heaviest uh, season. I'll add to what Anthony said. So on any given day, we might have uh, anywhere between 20 and 27,000 uh, in-plane uh, customers. So uh, if each one of those has two bags, you, you can pretty much do the math from that. No question. Any additional security that occurs once a bag is checked when it comes down here? Uh, the bags, all of the bags will go through the TSA um, scanners. Uh, through their system, through their inline system, before it reaches here in our bag room. Uh, so they are done the right way. This is going to be done at any airport. Uh, every bag will touch TSA first before coming in here. So that is the additional layer of security for our customers and for their baggage. Okay. Um, so passengers will always find something to complain about or talk about, whether it's a missed bag that they can't locate. Uh, should we lock our bags, not lock our bags? What size is the carry-on this week? Um, what can passengers do to make your job a little easier? I, I think for the most part what passengers can do to make our job easier is to uh, try to fit only what fits in a bag in a bag. And that's so, a good start. <laughs> so so invariably what so happens... You, you don't like moving half the city into no, a suitcase no. the size of a small, <laughs> uh, you know, a, a small uh, compact car? <laughs> <laughs> no. So, so, I mean, uh, for the most part, you know, uh, a small bag is not made to uh, contain 150 pounds. Uh, try to not uh, put things that uh, are extremely heavy uh, and uh, cause the bag to, uh, to be damaged. Uh, 
How do you think technology will impact baggage handling moving forward? Are you seeing an increase of the RFID tags uh, on passenger luggage? Uh, well, as far as the technology question, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, you can see behind us on the carousels, that's impacted with the sense that uh, all those bags are directed to their proper locations without anyone handling them from the time they're dropped off upstairs to the time they get down here. So the system knows how to sort them, sorts them correctly, and all those bags go on the appropriate carousels. So that's the way technology has impacted us in that regard. As far as the RFID tags, we've not seen uh, a significant increase in, in that. I was, ta I was talking to Rudy before we had come to do this, and we were discussing that because I know that certainly is a technology and it's a trend that's coming. We just weren't sure if you were seeing it implemented already here at the airport. Uh, not yet, no, not, yet. not for okay. us. Uh, so tell us a little bit about does transporting freight impact passenger luggage? Uh, for us, we, we, uh, we have a cargo operation, uh, and uh, we do transport cargo. It doesn't impact uh, luggage in the sense that uh, it, we allocate the cargo depending on the flight load. So if we can fit cargo on a, on a particular destination, on a route, we do that. Uh, it is planned. Uh, for example, if we have fish coming in from Seattle, it would be planned accordingly, according to the uh, the aircraft size okay. and according to the passengers that we have on board the so aircraft. So the passengers would get a priority over... Absolutely. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's good to know. All right. Well, Anthony LaCastro, Patrick Burke, thanks so much for joining us today. We really appreciate the time that you've given us and your colleagues for allowing us this access into your ground and baggage operations today. Certainly, there are a lot of moving parts and something for all of us to keep in mind the next time we board a flight. When we come back, we get personal with Selfie Sticks and Mary's Review. Stay with us. We're coming right back. Rudy Max's World phone lines are open anytime. So call us at 800-387-8025. And so is the website at RudyMaxa.com. Stay with us. We're coming right back after these messages. This is an announcement for all people who want to take a risk-free challenge to whiten their teeth in five minutes. By calling now, you can whiten your teeth in five minutes using clinically proven power swabs. This risk-free challenge is for people whose smile has been yellowed by coffee, tea, red wine, or smoking. The Power Swabs 5-Minute Challenge is available by responding to this advertisement. If lines are busy, try again. Because the Power Swabs 5-Minute Challenge is exclusive, it's not available in drugstores. Power Swabs was formulated by Dr. Martin Ginniger and whitens teeth with a patented tooth detergent and whitening agent. It's so effective, we challenge you to try it for five minutes to see how white your smile could be. Get it risk-free. Dial 1-800-204-1201. That's 1-800-204-1201. Transform your smile into a wow, you look great smile. Dial 1-800-204-1201. That's 1-800-204-1201. If you've got aches, pains, and soreness, it could be chronic inflammation. Listen to what Georgia has to say about relief factor. Over the years, I've had several injuries. I have had lots of pain, and it's been hard for me to exercise. Now, I'm much more active, so I'm losing weight, and I feel better. I would recommend it to anyone. For more information about Relief Factor and the two-week quick start for just $19.95, go to relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. 
Rod Delano, Attorney Houston. Here's important information for those with vaginal or bladder mesh implants. The clock is ticking. Millions of dollars in settlements have already been distributed to thousands of victims. Have you received your settlement offer yet? Time is running out. So if your vaginal or bladder mesh implant has ruined your health and well-being and you don't know where to turn, call our knowledgeable and understanding team now to find out if you qualify for a settlement from the billions available. Call 800-588-3000. That's 800-588-3000. If you or someone you know is addicted to drugs or alcohol, please write down this number. 1-800-426-6186. That's 1-800-426-6186. By calling Aid in Recovery for help with drug and alcohol addiction, you can turn your life around. Our advisors are ready to match you with a proven treatment center that will end your drug or alcohol addiction once and for all. Your future is a bright place. Don't waste any more time making friends and family worry about you. When you call right now, you'll speak to an expert advisor who understands what you're going through. We can help you break your addiction to drugs and alcohol before it's too late. This call is completely confidential, and if you have private insurance, there'll be little to no cost to you. Take control of your life now. Make the one call count. 1-800-426-6186. That's 1-800-426-6186. 1-800-426-6186. To participate in the program, call anytime, 800-387-8025, or log on to RudyMaxa.com. Once again, you're in Rudy Maxa's world. It is 43 past the hour, and following up those last two segments, clearly there are many logistical things occurring behind the scenes to get us all from point A to point B when we're flying. So we hope you enjoyed that exclusive behind-the-scenes access into JetBlue's operations. It was a lot of fun. This is Rudy Max's World with Robert and Mary Carey. Nice to have you with us this first weekend of March. Selfie sticks. Do you own one? Have you used one? Have you been on a recent trip and seen others using them? Well, I must admit, the words selfie and sticks are two words I never thought I'd be using or saying together. But whether you're a fan or foe, they're hot these days and a ubiquitous part of the travel scene. Like any product out there, there are some good selfie sticks, there are some not-so-good ones. So Mary decided to test out a few and give us a review. What'd you find out, Mary? Well, they definitely are controversial. You're either a fan or a foe. It seems there are only two camps for selfie sticks. Um, but like them or not, they, uh, What's they, the they seem like me? they're here to stay. Uh, the other uh, term that I've heard is narcissistic. Narcissistic. Narcissistic, uh, yes. I like that, yes. Yes, taking pictures of yourself all over the world. Um, although self-portraiture has been around for centuries in That's the arts. True. So um, anyway, uh, Oxford Dictionary named Selfie Word of the Year in 2013, followed by Time Magazine naming the selfie stick as one of the top 25 inventions of 2014. Top 25 became inventions. quite the uh, cultural buzzword in 2014 and, and product. Um, so we tested two, and uh, two very different selfie sticks. Uh, the goal here was to find something that was affordable and easy to use. They range in price from 10 on the very cheap end, and you get what you pay for, rather don't pay for. Uh, you can spend upwards to $75 to $100 for a selfie, for the, stick. For a selfie stick. Yeah, for the, uh, the sticks that come with all the, the Bluetooth and all the bells and whistles. So our goal was two affordable selfie sticks. We tested the QuickPod Selfie Explorer 2 by DigiPower, 
which retails for $39, and the Look DG Selfie Stick, which retails for $19. All right. T tell us a little bit about them. The first one we tested was the QuickPod Selfie Explorer 2. Retracts to 8 and extends to 38 inches. It comes with three mounts, so it mounts a digital camera, a GoPro camera, or a smartphone. Does it matter if it's Droid or... or no, iPhone? either. Either. Okay. Right. The one thing about this was we noticed when you put your smartphone in the clip, you do need to take it out of the case. So you, if you, most people travel with smartphones in a protective case. So it kind of snugs around it, the phone it, itself. It, right. It yeah. Really, you have to take it out of the case and put it into the clip. So that was one of the cons. However, it comes with a built-in mirror for self-positioning. So when it's extended out, and this one extends out to 38 inches, you get to look at yourself <laughs> twice in the smartphone as well as uh, in this mirror that they have built in for self-positioning. But okay. that's actually a nice uh, feature. And it comes with a hiking clip. It's lightweight, made of durable steel alloy, very portable. The other thing that uh, the testers liked with, about this one is it comes with a portable travel case that's lined with foam. So all of the pieces fit in and are protected. It comes with its own case. That was a big, a big deal. Well, that and, was a and, and good fitting feature. it into your luggage. I mean, you know, one of the things we talked about is I personally like to pack essentials and carry on whenever possible. Right. So I'm not sure that, you know, carrying something bulky and heavy is for me. But right. th this is This is lightweight. It yeah, is. Yeah, and uh, you can see size. the foam. Right. And all the pieces fit in. It's all cut out for each individual piece. The next one we tested was the Look DG Selfie Stick, which retails for $19. This one, a lot of bang for your buck, extends about 43 inches, no Wi-Fi or battery needed, and it, you don't need a timer for this one. It actually has a selfie button right on the rubberized handle, which is really convenient. As long as you hold it still, you won't get a blurry picture, um, but definitely favored this one and thought you got a lot of bang for your buck. This is geared more towards uh, smartphones. Easy, lightweight, and again, love that button right on the handle. Good price. But there's been some controversies with uh, selfie sticks and so forth, too. I mean, what do you think about that? Well, again, I, like, I, like we just said before, I think you're either in it or you're not. I love trying new things, whether they're trendy or a fad. I, I think one of the recent things in the news was a story about museums. And some sports stadiums, And too. some sports stadiums, particularly in the U.K. Museums have been looking to ban the selfie sticks for two reasons, invasion of personal space of the visitors, as well as their obligation to protect the artwork in the museums. So I'm okay with that, personally. All right. So quick pod or Luke of the two that we're doing? Which um, both different. Both have great features. I would say both excellent for portability. If you're looking specifically for smartphone, I would go with the Look DG. All right, so real quick, because I know we're coming to the end of the segment. So are you thumbs up or thumbs down on selfie sticks? After using them and testing them, I would definitely say thumbs up. Okay. All right, so we'd like to hear from all of you out there about selfie sticks, your experiences with them, your opinions. Uh, drop us a note at carries at rudymaxa.com or go to the show Facebook page, Rudy Max's World, and leave us a comment there. When we come back, we'll have some deals of the week and share some final thoughts. So stay with us. We're coming right back. To participate in the program and have some fun, call 800-387-8025 or email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. We're coming right back. To join Rudy Max's world, call anytime, 800-387-8025. Follow the program on Facebook at Rudy Max's World. Now back to America's number one travel radio show. 
Thanks for staying with us. It is 52 past the hour. We hope you've enjoyed the show today. Because it's been such a busy broadcast, Robert and I didn't get to tell you that today's Rudy Max's World is being brought to you in part by Tricom. Tricom cream, between the cold weather and the dry cabin air of the plains, it's a recipe for dry, uncomfortable skin. Tricom ointment works to soothe these skin irritations, and a recent clinical study showed Tricom is five times more effective at reducing itch than 1% hydrocortisone. And it's backed by the itch-free guarantee. If it doesn't work, you can simply mail them the tube and you'll get a full refund. Find Tricom in the white and blue box in the anti-itch aisle at Walgreens, Walmart, and CVS pharmacies. It's the final segment of the week. So before we put a wrap on things, let's share some Rudy Max's World deals of the week. Anything out there that interests you, Mary? Well, for skiers, if you're still looking to get in a few more weeks at the end of the season here, um, whether you're in New England, Colorado, California, Wyoming, I, we would suggest checking out ski.com, S-K-I.com. They've been around since 1971. They're a very popular booking company for skiers, and their average employee has over 23 years of experience in the ski industry. Been around a long time, reputable company, and there are some great deals going on right now, end of the season. Uh, for lodging, you can save up to 30% at various properties in Park City, Utah, as well as Jackson Hole, Wyoming. And often these deals will include lift tickets. So I would definitely check out ski.com right now if you're looking to. Uh, and most of these offers are good. You've got a few weeks, good, usually around the first weekend in April. And with the weather around the country, there's there's certainly some great snow out there yes. for people to be skiing. Yes. Uh, if, you've, if you were listening last week to this station, or perhaps you're hearing the show on our 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week tune-in channel, it's all Rudy Maxa all the time, then you heard Mary and me reporting from the Basketball Hall of Fame in Springfield, Massachusetts. Since we're a week away from tip-off of March Madness, here's a deal for all our basketball fans out there. And actually, it's in Cooperstown, New York, where the Baseball Hall of Fame is located. It's called March Madness at the Inn at Cooperstown. And they're letting guests pay. I think this is pretty interesting. They're letting their guests pay their winning team score. Yeah. So, yeah, so hmm. if, you, if your team wins, right. I don't know, 85 or to 83 or something, you get to pay $85 That's what you pay? Yeah, that's what you yeah. pay. Uh, anyway, guests pick their team and they share, share in the victory by paying the winning score, not the room rate. Rooms typically at this inn. Mary and I have not stayed there. Uh, I happened to look at it online and uh, it's very quaint. So a very quaint Victorian inn. Looks like a real nice place to stay. But guests pick their winning team, as we said. Typical rooms start at around $135 a night and go up. So this is actually a really good deal uh, if your team happens to win uh, by a low score. To find out more information, uh, go to inn at cooperstown.com. Go enjoy the victory with your favorite team. Well, Mary, we have about eh, maybe about two minutes or so till the end of the show. Any final thoughts about our experiences at the Culinary Institute of America, JetBlue's ground operations, maybe the selfie sticks, uh, or other stories we've covered? Yeah, I have a couple. Um, first, on the selfie sticks, we uh, tested two Different products, two great products, the QuickPod Selfie Explorer 2 and the Look DG. And I just want to clarify if, if anyone's interested in the Look, it's L-O-O-Q DG. Um, as far as CIA and JetBlue, what I thought was so interesting was being able to go behind the scenes and see how much effort and work really is going on behind the scenes. You, you know, feed off that energy. You really do. Um, and it was authentic. Uh, there were quite a few people that had no idea who we were or what we were doing, and you could people are just working hard, 
making sure our luggage is going on the right plane. The chefs at the CIA, quiet, all working. Yeah, no, I, I not, would say I, mean, I was surprised was at that. Really, you know, whether it was the boot camps or the going through the kitchens, uh, the restaurants were fun and certainly lovely. Absolutely, but behind the scenes, they are working hard to produce wonderful products for us and service, and it was um, really quite quite interesting to go behind the scenes. All right. Well, I, I have three. First, you and I need to plan a fun getaway to take a few of those CIA boot camps. Yeah, I was checking them out uh, already. Maybe World Cuisine Boot Camp. That right? sounds good. Uh, or the Wine Lovers Boot I, Camp. I like that one. You like that one? Yeah. And frankly, I have to get some more I, of their delicious apple pie. It would be fun pie. to take a wine class there. Anyway, yeah. But I have to get some more of that delicious apple yeah, pie. Yeah, at the apple I, pie I'm cafe. I'm almost embarrassed to admit, but I think I have a new addiction. <laughs> uh, second, I'm ready to catch a flight and... Try one of those landings on the ice runway at Lake Winnipesaukee up in New Yeah, Hampshire. just a completely different experience landing on ice. It is. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Think about all those planes landing and parking right there on the ice runway. Uh, I, I hope that that is There's thick. some great, um, people would have to <laughs> Google it, but there are some great footage uh, on YouTube videos of, from a pilot's view of, of landing on the, uh, I mean, obviously the pilot wasn't taking the video, but uh, whoever was on the plane with them as a passenger or co-pilot, um, there's some great video footage if you Google it online. Well, and then uh, lastly, I'm going to say, since the show is uh, essentially over now, we're ready for Las Vegas and the Travel Goods show that we'll be attending. So I think it's supposed to be pretty nice out there this week, and it's going to be nice to see things not covered in snow and enjoying temperatures in the upper 70s versus the teens and 20s we've had in the New York area. To all our guests who joined us today on Rudy Max's World, to our engineers Jeff Ryder and Bob Busey, show producer Janet Diacevedo-McDonald, our apprentice RJ, to Rudy, and of course all of you out there who make this broadcast America's number one travel radio show. Wherever you may be headed this week, safe travels and enjoy. You've been listening to Rudy Max's World, America's number one travel radio show on the SSI Radio Network.